Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 196th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing excellent, Cam. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'll be honest with you, though. This might be a short episode. It's not a very newsworthy time of year for Mizzou sports. We're getting close. And by I sports, like I mean football or basketball. June just <laughs> June just started. I mean, I feel like that's uh, the clock is ticking on football season, man. That's like uh, the crossover from May to June. It's like, here we are. Mm. Summertime. Mm. Yeah. Football season yeah. right around the corner. Yeah. It's here. Um, what will we actually talk about today? Uh, basically, we're going to get the entire episode from a couple of Dave Matter articles. Shout out to Dave <laughs> for giving us some content. Uh Eli Drinkwitz was at uh, SEC coach meetings, and uh, there was some news that came out of that. Some Guess who was there? Who was there? Jimbo. Oh, my gosh. Did Jimbo and... I saw it. Jimbo and Nick have a little... I think they were they able square to... off. I know. I don't think they did. They reconciled? Yeah, they did. Mm. Um, saw the seating chart. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. And... Uh, Looked like Coach Jenkins was kind of out in the corner a little bit, you know. I was a, felt some disrespect uh, vicariously, and uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher were not sitting next to each other. I can't so. imagine they would be. Um, yeah, maybe you know. Hopefully, they put that behind them and grow from it, and can be more mature. I'm sure they won't in the future. <laughs> uh, they've gotten to the place they are now in their lives by you know just being humble and respectful of others yes um so yeah we'll talk about the uh the sec coaches uh meetings and scheduling and sam horn and a few other things but first don't forget to subscribe on youtube if you're watching us hello uh appreciate a subscription there uh leave us a review or a rating on uh spotify or wherever you're listening to it in podcast form and you can support the podcast directly through Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Um, Kyle, before we get started uh, in the, the meat of things, did you see this story about the Miami, University of Miami player that is like threatening to transfer if he doesn't get a certain amount of NIL money? Mm. No, tell yeah. me about it. No. Uh, I don't know all the details. I just kind of saw a few headlines and tweets about it, but. Welcome to 2022. Yeah, the story was kind of like broken, I guess, by the billionaire in a NIL guy for Miami. I thought you were going to say like the school newspaper or something no, like no. that. I feel like that's how the juicy stuff comes out. No, the like billionaire guy took to Twitter himself to oh, be wow. like, um, you know, basically disparaging the player for like going back on a deal and like demanding more money or something. But uh, I saw some people talking about, like, it's basically the billionaire guy is basically asking for this by overvaluing players and just, like, throwing endless amounts of money at the programs. Is this a football player? You know, I can't actually remember. Wasn't um, Miami the school that, I mean, they had a huge NIL thing where they were going to pay, I don't even know. I shouldn't even start to tell the story. I mean, they had something where, like, all the players yes. were getting a yeah. certain amount or something. Yeah, and I think it was because of this billionaire guy. Oh, okay. M- mostly. 
and so now he's mad at you know how this is going so what a weird thing yeah. nil has been yeah we'll talk about that more later as it relates to mizzou uh, i thought that was kind of a funny little story it was just it interesting. really funny yeah well just from that guy's perspective just like like do you want he, he, he was like he always gave the impression of like this is what you do like i've got this money miami's going to be the best because i'm going to pay all these players a ton of money yeah and then the players are players are like Using oh it. yeah okay how about more how about more <laughs> and he's like well wait a second now yeah you're dealing with uh basically kids yeah and a large amounts of money and like r- starting to a little bit realize their worth to the institution a little bit for the first time ever power to the players right exactly um there is a little bit of news as far as recruiting um, there is a basketball player named Keyshawn Hall who is announcing his commitment on Saturday. The graphic that he tweeted out had Mizzou, uh, I think, St. Mary's, Arizona State. UNLV. And UNLV. Uh, this is Keyshawn Big Guard Hall? That's correct. And honestly, not much of a like recruiting profile presence for him, um, weirdly enough. Uh, 24-7 Sports does not show him having an offer from any of those schools. Rivals only shows him having an offer from Arizona State. He did have a Cleveland State offer, but I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation. Under-recruited, I mean, not very highly ranked player. Out of high school? Yeah. And uh, so I don't think he's coming to Mizzou. I don't think Coach Gates has been on him much since coming to Mizzou. And... I think he's going to go to Arizona State. We'll see about that. Yeah. We'll see you on Saturday. <laughs> and then on the football side of things, Makai Lee is a new commitment from uh, the JUCO ranks, and he's an offensive lineman and a nice little depth piece to, you know, just contribute on the offensive line. You can't have too many big bodies to rotate in on the offensive line. Yeah, just establishing the – Coffeeville, Coffeeville. Yes. Community College. Pipeline. Pipeline, yeah. Um, yeah, I still think there's some uncertainty about Hiron White, and I think he's just really dealt with a lot of injuries in his career, and I think he's currently dealing with an ener- energy, with mm-hmm. an injury, and I'm not even sure if he's going to be able to play this year, so it seems like that late addition is, uh, is uh, related to Hiron White and his status probably. Which I feel bad for the guy. I mean, Hyron White, it seems like he has been in the program for a really long time and hasn't just been able to play very much. Yeah, I feel like you kind of start to see this like every recruiting cycle. There's like that one guy that is like, you know, high three-star, four-star player that you expect a lot from and then no fault of his own just can't stay healthy mm-hmm. can't stay on the field and it's always disappointing and that's why you stack recruiting classes yeah <laughs> because not everybody pans out right and yeah we've seen before like entire recruiting classes be just kind of nearly wiped out by injury and uh careers cut short and stuff like that um we've got some Mizzou football careers that are just getting started with a bunch of newcomers arriving to campus for the first time. That was really smooth. Thank you. Uh, always looking for those transitions. <laughs> um, 
let's see here. Power Mizzou tweeted out a list of Mizzou newcomers who are on campus. And um, there's quite a few. I don't know if we want to run through all of them, but um, our guy, Makai Lee, made the list. Um, the transfers that we, these are all players that we already know about, but transfers that are now on campus, uh, DJ Coleman, LJ Hewitt, Demarion Houston, Josh Landry. Um, of that group, Kyle, who do you think has the best chance to make a contribution in year one? Um, DJ Coleman is the FCS guy. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think he probably has a, has a pretty good opportunity there on the defensive line. I think he's going to probably play tackle. Um, yeah, I definitely think he'll be in the rotation for sure. You would have him above like this Landry year. from Baylor? I think so. I think I probably view them fairly similar similarly, but maybe the, just given the edge to Coleman as far as playing time goes. But that's pretty much a guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it just coming from completely different situations, like literally opposite where – uh, Landry is kind of, you know, not playing very much for a really, really good team. And uh, Coleman is really, really productive from FCS. So it's right. basically pol- polar opposites. Um, but both, I would say, probably neither one of those guys will start, but will play a lot. Yeah, I like Mizzou living in that space, though. Yeah. Like grab a few of those guys every year, mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah, from either end, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then our traditional... Uh, Freshman signees, we have Valen Erickson, Carmica Glass, Marquise Graciel, Sam Horn, Tavoris Jones, Dalen Mar- Jalen Marshall, sorry, Curtis Piegler, Isaac Thompson, Jamarion Wayne, DJ Weslack, and Tristan Wilson. Yeah, and those are the freshmen that obviously were summer enrollees. There's, I don't know, right, eight or ten freshmen that are already on campus for, mm-hmm. for spring, mm-hmm. but... Uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, this is a fun time of year. Just kind of like all those guys finally getting on campus. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, they were calling it kind of like OTAs almost, kind of like the NFL does. You know, it's just kind of starting to get the whole band together and start you know, learning the playbook and all that. And it is, it feels like a, almost like a culmination of the recruiting cycle. You yes. know, they're, they're here, going to start practicing. And I don't know, it feels like, the recruiting, the recruitment of these guys is like its own thing. And then their actual Mizzou career, it's like almost you right. reset everything when they get to campus Yeah, and they'll have this completely new legacy right. from here on out. Yeah. Stars don't matter anymore. Right. You got to earn your spot, earn the respect. And, uh, yeah, I was, um, we were talking earlier today just about how long it feels like some of these recruitments have lasted. Like, uh, Isaac Thompson in particular is oh, a guy yeah. that just comes to mind as he, rec- he committed early on in, in the in the process and like man it feels like he committed to Missouri f- three years ago or something and uh, is not even on campus yet well I guess he is now yeah. but and you know probably will be another year or two before he's really like a true difference maker and maybe you know he's a talented kid you never know but mm-hmm. you know typically typically an average player it takes a, a year or two for them to really break the rotation and uh, I don't know. It's just that that journey is just such a long, long journey. But it's fun to watch those guys. That's, I mean, that's what makes recruiting, following recruiting so rewarding is seeing those guys even before they're committed and watching them and being and seeing them make uh, plays on the field for, for Missouri is just really, really cool. Yeah, and that's uh, obviously a storyline that we've been keeping up with for literal years is his <laughs> recruitment. Right. Like you mentioned, and 
it's interesting looking at this list and thinking about kind of the twists and turns and some of these individual player stories like Gracial with like you know there was a time there where we were like are we gonna lose this guy Alabama. to like Alabama was coming in hot yeah and, and I mean Isaac Thompson in Michigan I mean yeah. it seemed like they had some chemistry so uh, he was uh, yeah Thompson was tweeting about uh was it actually UCF um, yeah UCF when uh, coach Gibbs went there yep uh, and uh, DJ Weslack is another oh, man. Just talk crazy about roller story <laughs> that just ended. That one feels like it just ended fairly recently. That was the like roller coaster of like all time kind of recruitments. That was just like you know he released a top fifteen at one point and Missouri wasn't on it. You yeah, know, it just it's just ridiculousness. Yeah, but he's here now. Uh, it is nice to see three offensive linemen coming in uh, as as true freshmen. So yeah, I think this is a this is a good class. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I mean, like like we just said, it takes so long for some of these guys to make a difference, and you know we're really we know Coach Drinkwitz has been very successful in the recruiting game, and we kind of are just now getting into that era where all of these recruits are kind of finally getting into an opportunity to uh, to make a difference, and I mean, still even this class is probably still a year away. Just a long process. Like in basketball, I mean, it's like immediate impact yeah. a lot of the times. And yeah. in football, it's, you know, got to be patient. Right. And, yeah, and with basketball, it's like if you are a freshman who's like top 150 guy and you're not playing at all, <laughs> it's like, like automatic okay, transfer. I guess he's gone. <laughs> we'll try to try again next year. Seriously. Um, worth mentioning, Sam Horn. Uh, the MLB draft is has not happened yet, so July 11th, I think, yeah. is maybe when that starts. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, Coach Drinkwitz spoke about that recently, so we'll circle back around to that. Um, I thought it was kind of cool the official list that Mizzou put out, uh, like to the media and everything, uh, breaks it down: uh, 37 total newcomers, um, 20 on offense, 16 on defense, and one specialist. Uh, Nick Quadrini from Springfield, Kickapoo High School. Wow. You know, uh, my alma mater hasn't been in the greatest light <laughs> with Missouri stuff recently with uh, Mr. Yeah. Trayvon Brazil and yeah. Anton Brookshire, but this this turn, young man, turn over he's going to just reverse the trend and Absolutely. be a legend. Yeah, probably. Is he a kicker? Yes. Wow. Uh, 15 players from the state of Missouri. Uh, looks like St. Louis metro area is the most represented with one, two, three, four, five, six players. And that's including uh, the ones that are already on campus mm-hmm. from the spring, including Luther Burden. Nice. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got the newcomers. And um, I guess, yeah, let's just go right into talking about Sam Horn and what uh, Coach Drinkwitz said about him recently. I'll pull up the first Dave Matter article that we will talk about. Uh, It's called How Upcoming MLB Draft Played Pivotal Role in Mizzou's Pursuit of QB Transfer. So Coach Drekwitz was more candid than he has been, I think, this entire process. Mm -hmm. Um, Read the full article for yourself for sure. Uh, But Coach was in Destin, Florida at the SEC Spring Meetings, and uh, the media was able to catch up with him. And uh, they talked about 
Sam Horn. And uh, I'm just going to read a couple quotes from Coach Drinkwitz. Um, he was asked about the quarterback situation, and he said, quote, I think I've been very consistent on saying this. I thought Brady Cook and Tyler Macon both had good springs. Us looking at a potential transfer quarterback was really no slight on them. It was more about the one thing that neither one of those guys can change, the amount of experience they have playing college football. In our first six games, we have three on the road at Kansas State, at Auburn, at Florida, and the best teacher is experience. So in, so in those situations, having an experienced quarterback was something that was important and something that we were looking for. Jack Abraham provides us that experience and accountability and understanding of what those environments are. You buy it? I mean, if you're just taking him at his word there, that makes it sound like uh, yes. Jack Abraham is going to be the starter because he has experience and... I don't know if you does that I don't know if he had a five-star quarter like true freshman quarterback that was like he basically does the number one pro passer in the country or something then I don't feel like you care that much about the experience especially if they were like yeah a red red shirt freshman or sophomore yeah it did seem whether Abraham starts or not it definitely felt like he was indirectly trying to justify the addition and is he talking to us as fans or is he talking to his two quarterbacks in the room? Like, you know, it's just kind of weird. And like, is he still trying to kind of justify um, their movements in the offseason with transfer quarterbacks to the, I don't know. Well, he said about Abraham, he said, quote, I saw a headline that he was the presumed starter. He said, I think that was a presumed headline. That is not the case at all. It's an open competition. Okay. So then he went on to talk about Sam Horn. He said, we're very excited about Sam. I think I've been clear since the start of spring. He keeps mentioning how clear he's been. In Which like, he, ha- he hasn't. <laughs> right. I think I've been very clear since the start of spring that I would not name a starter until Sam Horn had the opportunity to compete for that position. I mean, and that's he says that's what we're about to do. I just feel like everything he said just basically supports what we've talked about in the last few weeks and months is that he just has a lot to balance yeah he's got he had two scholarship quarterbacks he got a top recruit coming in and needs experience and trying to keep everybody happy is not easy he specifically mentioned the mlb draft he said i'm not naive to the fact that sam is going to have a difficult choice in front of him in mid-july as he is an unbelievable baseball player I've met with his family. We believe he's got a great, unbelievable future here as both a football player and a baseball player within Mizzou football and baseball families. Um, But he basically says he could not stay status quo and only have two quarterbacks on the roster with experience, so we needed to have somebody else. That's fair. Yeah. And I guess to his credit, that is – he is being fairly consistent throughout this whole process, but it's like – By being vague. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, okay, so with Sam Horn, I mean, what's the biggest draw of going to the draft? The, the signing bonus, mm-hmm. the immediate salary? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could look at NIL as a positive in this situation that it maybe pl- levels the playing field, definitely gives Missouri an edge that didn't exist like, you know, before, like a year ago in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think, I don't know. It wouldn't be super appealing to me. I feel like you can almost have your cake and eat it too by like not going the MLB route right away and playing college football and college baseball and then maybe avoiding a little bit more of that like 
minor league grind. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's inevitable no right. matter what. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, years you're yeah. in farm system. Right. Um, I think that's pretty much it on Sam Horn. I think there's any incentive to get Sam Horn some playing time so that he has there's uh I don't know has some skin in the game wants to is it I don't know give Missouri any more argument for him to stay if they I don't think he's going to win the starting job I mean try and work him in or Um, are they just like think is that just not I don't think that's it doesn't seem like that's coach Drinkwitz style honestly I used to love how Gary Pinkle would play a younger quarterback uh you know a series or two every game and i think that kind of spoiled us a little bit for like being able to see what was coming in the future at the quarterback spot um you don't want to do that in every game with sam horn probably you want to preserve his red shirt but i would hope that they get him out there mm-hmm. for you know get him some play in a blowout or two yeah but and use it as a bargaining chip for his long-term future at Missouri, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, from Coach Drinkwitz, his point, his point of view in the situation. I mean, this is year three. Uh, had maybe a ever so slightly disappointing season last year. Uh, this is kind of a, I don't know if I would say make it or break it year, but I would say it's an important year for, for wins to come and. He's got to be thinking about that as far as the experienced quarterback mm-hmm. and just making sure we win right now, even at the ex- the expense of the future, potentially. Yeah, I just can't. I just don't know. I just can't imagine the experience that Abraham okay. brings is like that much of a game changer versus Brady Cook yeah. or, or like any of those four quarterbacks. I can't imagine that that experience is worth that much more than what these other guys bring to the table. Mm. But I'm not the coach yeah. and I've not played college football. So, um, so you had another article. I might be able to pull it up as well about, uh, he talked about recruiting a little bit and talked about, uh, the scheduling, the potential future sec scheduling with, texas and oklahoma in the mix Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think they're still just there that's what we thought we were going to maybe get some clarity on this Mm -hmm. situation like with these meetings and uh didn't get that at all and they're kind of debating between an eight game schedule and a nine game sec schedule whenever uh texas and oklahoma join and uh i mean there's even some rumors that texas and oklahoma could join earlier than 2025 um and figure out the money later I don't know if that's true or not, but um, yeah, that they're still just kind of trying to figure out what the schedule is going to look like. Are they uh, going to do the pod system? I think that's still maybe a possibility, but it seems maybe less likely than it did at one point. Um, but yeah, Coach Trinkwitz, uh talked a little bit about the schedule, but because there wasn't really a decision made, there wasn't really a lot to talk about. Um, but they did talk about NIL and which, you know, that was pretty consistent with what we've heard so far from SEC coaches that they don't like it very much, or at least they don't like how it's being governed or a lack of governance on the situation. But uh, basically, coach just said, I think that we're all consistent in that we would prefer if there was a limit on third party involvement 
and players making decisions based off boosters' promises of compensation. The original intent of NIL is what we all agreed with, that players should have the ability to utilize their name and likeness for financial gain, but with no guardrails on it, I think it's ascended probably more quickly than any of us anticipated, and so now trying to put our arms around it has been a bit challenging. Hmm. So I have some th- I have some thoughts on that. Uh, I totally get what he's saying there, um, but there wasn't there weren't really okay. So like, if there were like ready-made systems in place, so maybe this is a dumb example, but but a very noteworthy case in nil stuff is like video game licensing and big picture things that cover a massive amount of players all in one go right that's kind of been the type of thing that has brought these conversations up in the past and i feel like if there was a video game or a jersey deal or a um football card deal where it was like this is a already established system of paying players based on their name image likeness from these companies that covers everybody in roughly the same way Mm -hmm. i feel like that's what he is talking about like envisioning this like okay now you're here we'll sell a jersey with your name on it you can sell t-shirts sure and everything will be fine and maybe some of our best players will do a commercial for the car dealership down the road exactly but it is and so maybe and that's kind of the whole reason why the ncaa football games stopped if i understand correctly is that like it was getting a little too weird Mm -hmm. with they couldn't compensate the players that they were using their direct image and likeness on the game and yeah they were getting around it by using generic names names, but everything else being exactly like the real life player legitimate like exactly the same attributes and stuff like that yeah height weight (laughs) <laughs> like jersey number right everything and um, then the players on the cover of the game yeah that part though they were always using a player that had already graduated oh and so they just make a deal with that player and that school but uh yeah so i think he's kind of in talking about this imaginary system that was never going to happen and it's i feel like a little bit naive of oh, him 100 percent uh, because you people were talking about this before this was ever instituted. Like, okay, yeah, you can be on a commercial for the local car dealership, but the car dealership in this school's town is going to pay you a million dollars for the commercial deal, and this this car dealership over here is only going to pay you five hundred thousand dollars, and they're only going to pay you if you come to school there. So, I don't know. Maybe he's looking for like you can't negotiate those kind of deals until you're already on campus, but then there would just be like under the table, you know, handshake agreements right. that this was always going to happen. Yeah. And to think otherwise, I believe I, I agree with you is naive. And honestly, I think they always knew it was going to happen. And I just, I'm a little confused though, like why he's taking this angle publicly because I don't know, is he just kind of going along with the other SEC coaches? Because Missouri is not in the same situation as Alabama in NIL. It's totally different. And because NIL, or excuse me, Alabama has been at the top of the recruiting game way before NIL was a thing. Missouri was not. And, I mean, that's the reason why Nick Saban hates NIL is Mm -hmm. because, yes, it's the wild, wild west, but it also levels the playing field a little bit. And it gives schools like Missouri a chance to land a Luther Burden. And they probably wouldn't have beforehand. And 
Yeah. So why, I guess, would Coach Drinkwitz, I guess, be taking the same angle that people at the top would be taking? I don't know. Maybe he's just being honest and saying, like, yeah, it's kind of frustrating, um, you know, trying to navigate this with all these other parties involved. I mean, right. that's what he talks about, the third party involvement. Yeah. So that's, he's thinking, like, I'm just trying to recruit this player mm-hmm. and they're hearing from who knows and they're wheeling and dealing yeah. a little bit yeah and i don't know who they're talking to about you know all these business opportunities and stuff yeah so i'm sure there are some frustrating aspects of it that go on like behind the scenes and mm-hmm. you know last year this time last year last summer when we were in on a lot of big recruits it did kind of seem like the the opportunity was there for missouri and they were being aggressive with it and now you know a year later it's kind of like i'm exhausted mm-hmm. with nil mm-hmm. and like you said there's probably a lot of wheeling and wheeling and dealing going on behind the scenes that's making everything difficult for everyone yeah probably i can imagine the coaches feeling like they have less control over the situation mm-hmm. because you know when it was against the rules to make any kind of deals like this yeah. um it would have to go through the coach <laughs> And some coaches, it did. Um, But now it doesn't even necessarily have to go through the coach at all. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think there were, I've said it before, there were always going to be growing pains with it. There were always going to be stuff to figure out. And I'm kind of always going to come down on the side of the players, I think. Um, But I can understand the coach's frustration. Um, And as far as, like, the Nick Sabans of the world... I feel like anything that even if he even if Alabama is still at the top with NIL, anything that even poses a threat to them dominating recruiting, he's not going to want anything to do with. Um, I thought it was interesting. He said uh, one thing, one of the things that we're all trying to figure out is what is public versus what is not public, what is real. What is not real when it comes to NIL? I think we're all still trying to figure that out. He said uh, he was asked how Missouri stacks up in the NIL collective arms race. And Drinkwitz says it's impossible to know. He said, quote, it's like you're chasing the ghost. You don't really know what everybody else is doing. And that, I think, speaks exactly to, you know, the deals that are happening. And the player might say, oh, you know, uh, Oklahoma is telling me I can get this and whatever. Yeah, I can see. And you don't know, like, do we have to up our offer or is this a bluff to try to get more out of us? Is he coming here anyway? Yeah, imagine just constantly living in a state of, like, negotiating with 18-year-olds. And their parents a lot of the time. Going to have to start hiring an agent for college kids i mean i mean legitimately are we are we at that point where that needs to happen i uh this might be a hot take and everything but i think we're headed to and i'm not even saying this is negative but it will be a negative for a lot of people i think we're headed to agents and contracts and that kind of stuff death of the ncaa yeah this is how it happens this is and that does not mean do not hear the death of college football Right? I agree. Are those two different things? Yes. Okay. It's gonna. Be, I think it is going to be different, though. Yeah. And it's going to be uh, probably a slow, painful process. Yeah. But I do, it is it's gonna not going to be overnight. It's not going to be anything that, you know, it's going to be mostly business as usual for a little while now. Yeah. But I think unless they try to reel this back in, which I don't know if they even, if that's possible at this point. Mm-hmm. 
I think we're headed for completely uh, agents, contracts. Yeah, well, I mean, is it the death of college football? No, I don't think so. And maybe I've become, I've maybe moved towards the middle a little bit more than I was a year ago. And, be, you know, because I do think it is maybe the death, maybe not immediately, but in the next 10 years, I do think it's the death of thinking that your college team is this amateur team and everybody on the team is pulling the same direction and wants the best for the team and um, you know I think and it's that, about getting an education right I think that is going to be a naive uh, mindset to have and probably has been mm-hmm. for you know the last few years but that belief that everybody just is um, everybody on Missouri squad is is, root, is rooting for the best of the team the best interest of the team I think that is probably the death of that um, kind of amateurism yeah and there's a, a part of me that will not love uh, that kind of new direction. Of I, course. There are already parts of it that I don't like. Right. But That's, there's very much a charm to thinking, you know, just kind of almost not really having much access to the players yeah. on an individual level and just kind of thinking that everybody's just wanting to win a championship right. for their team and, yeah. and everybody does their Represent role. their school and, you know, be yeah. proud to wear the colors and all that stuff. And they still will be. That's right. the thing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was always, I think, a little bit of naivety on the part of the fan to think that that was what was going on. Yeah. And especially if you want to compete at the highest level. It was always about, you know, getting players to the pros. Yeah. You, you're recruiting future pros. Sure. And you hope you can win games before they go pro. <laughs> um, it is worth pointing out, though, uh, Dave Matter ends his article, uh, or in the article he talks about the Missouri legislature um signing or passing a law that uh allows or amending the nil law that allows the coaches to be more hands-on in the process so i think that will help the help the coaches uh wrap their heads around what's going on with each individual player and how they're negotiating these deals and stuff that may might be an advantage for missouri that other states don't have Mm -hmm. um do we um, the com- the conference schedule thing eight or nine games is that yeah I think that that seems to be what they're deciding between mm-hmm. is uh, how many SEC games you play eight or nine uh, but there's all kinds of variations of how they're going to rotate uh, how you play the other conference because it seems like they're going to stay maybe with the East and West how you're going to rotate who you play each year are you going to have one rivalry school you play every year who's it going to be there's a lot of variations that they still have to work through. Yeah, Coach Drinkwitz mentioned, uh, he specifically mentioned Kansas and Illinois as being long-term rivals for Mizzou. And I would guess if they have a long-term like rival from the West, SEC West, that they play every year, it'll be Arkansas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. If you were, would you rather play, if you could only do one or the other, you can only play Arkansas out of the West every single year, or play kansas and illinois every year what would you i'd take kansas and illinois pretty easily me too i would be fine with just arkansas being another team in the sec that we rotate in the conference schedule yep that is a fun game though yes but i definitely take it i feel like it's um maybe this hot take i feel like it's more fun i feel like we're kind of having to make it be more fun than it would be if we were playing kansas and illinois every year yeah that's probably fair 
it's like the it's like the Twitter stuff that gets me going. I yeah. feel like that's what makes the game stressful for me. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I feel like that could. There's been, we've had that a little bit with Tennessee from time to time. We've had that a little bit with South Carolina. So I don't know. I think we could get there with anybody, more or less. Oh, I can make fun of Kansas. <laughs> For sure. I can do that. Yeah. Um, that's probably about it for this week. Thank you again to Dave Matter for giving us some content. And uh, counting down the weeks. Yeah. I mean, the bulk of recruiting season for football is this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, some some big visit days uh, over the next few weekends. I think, kind of culminating at the end of June, there's like a huge visit weekend. A lot of big names will be on campus so i'm sure we'll be talking about more specific recruiting stuff pretty soon raise your hand if you have a ticket to the first game of the season on thursday night oh yeah three, all, three, all hands. three of us raise our hands oh yeah See hope you, you there. hope you raise your hand at home or in your car <laughs> in, like in your car slam your hand on the roof in your car keep your hands on the wheel please have you ever um about to, I'm about to bring up another shower thing. Okay. Have you ever like, you know, like maybe like scrubbing your armpit or something and just like slammed your hand to like the ceiling? I've done that at like a hotel or something maybe where it has like a little lower ceiling than I'm okay. used to and just like slam my knuckle into the you roof. Like you punch the uh, like uh, sprinkler system and like break <laughs> the seal and then like the sprinklers go off everywhere. Yeah, that would be a disaster. Yeah. Um, is that all for this week? You think that anybody listens to the podcast while they're in the shower? Yeah, I bet. I've tried to do that. I feel like the water's too loud. That's a good point. Some I've tried to listen to content in when, the shower. When you speak up a little bit, and uh, you just have to switch to music. Yeah, music's better. Yeah. But if you're listening, to, if you listen to us in the shower and have no problem, let us know. Uh, is that all for this week? Yes. <laughs> Make me stop talking. <laughs> okay. Uh, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, and Tyler Harsel. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter, at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.